0: 2016 now the last time you heard from us it was not 2016 we're not lazy we can assure you we just suck at getting to the podcast there's so many other things happening ryan you there
1: hello i'm here he was
0: just checking to make sure we're still recording because that's how out of practice we are
1: it's been uh it's been a busy year already (laughs) (sighs) whoo what have you been doing oh man uh Metal Gear uh has been consuming most of my gaming yeah, life. Still the Phantom Pain. It's a great one. I, I'm kind of putting off beating it because I, I just I'm trying to savor it. Right. So I've been playing kind of the online portion. Okay. God, it's great. It's just the gameplay. I mean, it's all about gameplay.
0: Did you see yeah. uh that Far Cry four thing yet?
1: Uh no, what's that all? That Easter
0: about? egg? What, you have you played that game at all?
1: Uh y- not four. Three I've played. I haven't
0: played four yet. Yeah. Apparently at the beginning of four, when you meet with the dictator, the game starts or at least leads to, you're at a dining room table with him, and he goes, I'll be right back. Can you wait here for me? And then the game kind of kicks in, and you first take control of the character. Most players just leave the room yeah. and start the game. Sure. Apparently, if you wait 13 minutes, he actually comes back, and you do the thing you were that is the end game of the game with him. Oh, but he says, the, wait here for me? Yeah. if so you, if actually, you wait, actually wait 13 minutes... he He comes back in 13 minutes... And then you go through this essentially cutscene, and then you place, uh, I won't do any spoilers because people hate spoilers for some stupid reason as if we aren't doomed as a species anyway. Oh, come on. Get off it with your fucking spoilers. (laughs) Um, Anyway, and the game just ends and it rolls credits and you never even pick up a gun. It's kind of a cool Easter egg to show that all the death and violence in the game is the player's fault.
1: Oh, that's great. And apparently
0: if you go and beat the game the normal way, the dictator kind of alludes to that and said, if you would have
1: just stayed there, we could have avoided all this. Oh, that's so funny. But then there's no actual game. (laughs) You're just done. Yeah, you're just done. It's awesome. It's kind of a cool... (laughs) It's kind of like Chrono Trigger. You could, um, if you played right at the beginning, if you knew what to do, you could skip right to the end and beat the game. I don't
0: know if I know about that. Yeah. I'll have to look into that because that's one of the greatest games ever made. Yeah, I, I got to get Far Cry 4 one of these days. But anyway, let, let's get to some Metal Blade news because this this is the Metal Blade podcast. Uh, some of you have already seen there's a brand new The Black Dahlia Murder music video.
1: Animated style.
0: Yeah, it's for threat level number three. You can see that now at MetalBlade.com slash TBDM. Uh, conveniently enough, those guys are going on tour April through May In playing the entirety of the Unhallowed record.
1: Small venues. Yes. Intimate performances. Out
0: here in California, the Chain Reaction and the Complex, two of my favorite Southern California clubs. These are really, really, really small spots that are essentially the main places that underground metal
1: tours play. It's going to be cool, and it's going to be real sweaty at every show. Yes. And if you're a BDM fan from way back in the Unhallowed days... And that's, you know, I used to hear people all the time, hold oh, no, still my favorite record, Unhollowed's oh, my favorite record. Well, now's your chance to see the whole damn thing live. I know. And, and never... they'll be playing songs they've never even played live once. Yep. So, pretty Absolutely. cool. Pretty cool. I'm definitely
0: going to be at probably two of those shows, if not more. Mm-hmm. And Rivers of Nile, who is also going on tour, we just launched another live video from their performance at the Complex in Southern California. You can see the live version of Monarchy, at MetalBlade.com slash Rivers of Nile. We really try to make these URLs complicated for everybody.
1: If you can't remember those, you got yeah,
0: problems. Yeah, exactly. So check that one out. Those guys are also going on tour with Dark Sermon and Black Fast. And all these news stories, of course, can be found just at MetalBlade.com. So you can check out all the dates and the, the uh, nitty-gritty details. Just bookmark it. Right, yeah. You're an adult. You can bookmark things.
1: I have friends who still to this day do not use bookmarks. That's odd. That's just a weird thing. That. Like, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, of course. It makes life Everybody easy. uses bookmarks in yeah. their browsers.
0: Yeah, and Gehenna uh, just released their new record, "Too Loud to Live, Too Drunk to Die." This is really angry, pissed off party street metal thrash
1: uh, for fans of really old school shit. Yeah, if like you're, if you're
0: a Decibel magazine
1: subscriber, this is for you. If you're uh, missing Lemmy, this is kind of uh, in that vein, dude. It, it's it is like a heavier, pissed off Motorhead. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so if you like
0: Venom, Motorhead, all that really old school, dirty stuff, uh, Gehenna is for you. And they are old school and dirty. They're not a new band. So and they're it, drunk. It, it, uh, according to the title, yes, very. Um, and Sour Vain. If you don't know who Sour Vain is, you've got some catching up to do. T-Roy and company are putting out Aquatic Occult later this year. Uh, they did the record with Mike Dean from Corrosion of Conformity and mm-hmm. uh, Randy Blythe guests on the track that's online now at MetalBlade.com slash sourvain.
1: They have a few guest people, right? They or... do, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, uh, aside from Blythe, we've got uh, Stig Miller from Amoebics who's also done some uh, guest work with Cattle Decap, if I remember correctly. Mm. I might be mixing that up, though. Cattle's had a lot of guests in the past. I'm not sure. Uh, Keith Kirkham from uh, formerly of Weed Eater, Dean Barry from Iron Monkey, Dave Caps from All Tore Up, uh, Chris Holcomb and Joel Martin from Subrig Destroyer, and uh, Kevin Rochelle from Sea of Tyrants. And uh, Reed Mullen also performed drums on uh, all but four of the tracks. So there's kind of like a... Um, a plethora of guests. Yeah, a bunch of guests helping T-Roy out with this record. Uh, The record was also mastered by Brad Boatwright, who uh, has done albums for Sleep and Yob. So this is, if any of those bands are familiar to you, this is totally up your alley. This is like a weed eater type album. Not as slow and dirty as Weed Eater, but definitely in that vein.
1: It's got that kind of grungy, dirty stoner production too. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, and how you spell it is S-O-U-R-V-E-I-N, Sour Vein. There you go. The biography for the band was written by Randy Blythe. He's a really good... Uh, Ra- Randy Blythe from Lamb of God, of course. Yeah. As if there was another. <laughs> uh, he's a huge fan of the band. He has been for a long time. And he's also a really, really good writer. Yeah. So the bio is actually a uh, really good read. Right, right. It definitely filled us in. Uh, some of us at the label that weren't as familiar as we would have liked to be.
1: That's really cool he did that.
0: Yeah. It's very cool he did that. Um, it and it's a really good track he's on. So check it out at MetalBlade.com slash SourVein. And uh, Accuser just put out a new track from their forthcoming album. The tr- the album's called The Forlorn Divide, and the track is called Impending Doom. And we launched that uh, a couple days back uh, via Rock Hard Germany. Accuser's... Good.
1: Yeah, have you listened to much of it yet? Yeah, I just got into it, and I hadn't really been familiar with them before yeah. uh, this launch, and I was pretty impressed. I, I like the stuff.
0: Yeah, it's super... Um, I, it's one of those things you could loosely describe as thrash, mm-hmm. but not, you know, I, I've said this before, it's not like the white high top thrash. It's European, mm, so it's right. darker. It crosses over into death metal more often than right. not. It's really fucking cool. Definitely. Um, so if you're looking for more underground badass death metal thrash accusers for you. And one more we'll talk about here. We finally, finally launched our video from Hellfest 2015. Yeah, that
1: one took a while for you to
0: compile. I put that video together. Matt and I in our office were over in Europe and filmed it. Yeah. And it's one of those things where projects like that for me, um, it's hard to get to because there's no real deadline. Mm. And I'm always, you know, you you know this as well as anyone now, we're always working with tons of deadlines. Yeah. For records and tours and all kinds of things. So sometimes when something doesn't have a deadline, it keeps getting pushed down the
1: pile. Back burner.
0: So I finally got to it in December when things slowed down, if only slightly, mm-hmm. and I edited it down to 40 minutes, which is still too goddamn
1: long. Well, you had so much footage to look through, too. Three days
0: of footage from yeah. multiple cameras. Uh, we had the full live sets from Cannibal Corpse and Twitching Tongues, mm-hmm. um, and uh, most of the set for Armored Saint. And it was really just, it, it was hard because we had a lot of, a lot of interviews and so much live footage that I just wanted to show fans as much as possible. Yeah. So... More than anything, this video kind of serves right now, not only to kind of encapsulate the Hellfest experience, but it also serves to see if people have the patience to watch something that long on YouTube.
1: I definitely do. And I think that there's definitely people out there that can take in a long form video like that and enjoy it. Like I know a lot of people like short two minute videos, a short attention span, but... I mean, for me personally, I'll sit down and watch a long video. I love that kind I of I think stuff, people so. are
0: getting more used to it. I had a lot of people tell me that 40 minutes is way too long. Sure. I was too close to the project. I should have had someone else edit it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know that I, that I agree. I think... Part of it, too, is I didn't want to break it into parts because all the parts were so different. Right. And then people would have just watched the Cannibal Corpse part and not the Twitching Tongues part, you know?
1: And you know what? You can put in the timestamps for different things. Like, I saw people in the comments already, like, oh, go to this time yeah, for yeah, Cannibal Yeah, yeah, And I had meant to do
0: that. I just, I fucking forgot. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, but it's an
1: easy thing to do. I mean, it's, I mean, <laughs> yeah. just skip ahead to see the part you I'd, want. Like. I might
0: still add those in the description yeah. here in the next few days, whatever. But in any case, it's, Hellfest was just such a fun experience. It's a it big was, deal. Such a cool place to be. I mean, yeah. we saw Faith No More um, and Alice Cooper and the Scorpions. Yeah. And then also Twitching Tongues and all these really, you know, underground type of bands.
1: I think that video is cool too because it gives people a glimpse that aren't in Europe and that maybe have never gone to Hellfest, like a little bit of an idea what it's like. Yeah. And how big of a deal it is and what the crowds look like. Man, and in,
0: in those tents, um, and tents is a really loose word because you see Cannibal Corpse's set. They weren't on one of the big stages. They were in a tent. Yeah. But at a US festival, that is a big stage. Yeah. Yeah. It's a massive, massive circus tent. And what that does is it keeps a lot of people out of the sun and makes it so that the light show still works at two in the afternoon. Exactly. Um, And people lose their shit for every single band. Yep. I didn't see a single band there not go over well. And we saw a lot of the show. Yeah. People were crowd surfing and pitting for everybody. Yeah. It was as if people were there to see music and not (laughs) to be angry about what bands were on a fest. Yeah. Wild, right? Yeah, it's great. What an idea.
1: Yeah, it's a really cool fest.
0: Um, But anyway, to kind of bring part of this to you guys, the listeners of the Metal Blade podcast, we're going to play, this was my favorite interview from the whole fest and one of the things I really wanted to get done while we were there. And it's exceptionally difficult to line up schedules um, to interview one band while they're at a fest, much less get two bands to talk to each other. But we got Colin uh, from Twitching Tongues to sit down with, uh, the legendary John Bush from Armored Saint, and it was essentially a moderated or uh, the interview was conducted by Don Jameson, comic from that metal show. You all know Don Jameson, I'm sure. Uh, Don was kind enough to host the whole thing for us along with our friend Lindsay Hartz and Don kind of he uh, became a huge fan of Twitching Tongues because obviously I, to, I uh, gave him all the homework for what bands were on the fest and he immediately was like, holy shit, this band rules. Yeah. Um, so it, that made it much easier to do all the interviews because he was such a fan of what was
1: going on well all three of those guys are super interesting funny yeah compelling guys on their own yeah and you know john and colin being from kind of different generations absolutely and getting them together talking i think is just it's a cool look
0: yeah well on top of the fact that colin and the twitching tongues guys are such fans of old school metal right that talking to a guy like john bush is something he absolutely appreciates yeah i'm sure so, yeah, I, I, it was my favorite interview from the fest. I'm really glad it that happened. And uh, I wanted to pull that out of that 40-minute monster video and just drop it here for everyone to actually hear. And if you want to watch the rest of it, go to YouTube, youtube.com slash Metal Blade Records uh, and just look up Hellfest 2015, and you can see the whole clip from the fest there. It's got live clips from all four bands, Twitching Tones, mm-hmm. Armored Saint, and Safarim and a Cannibal Corpse, plus interviews with Corpse Grinder and Paul, uh, interviews uh, like the one we just talked about, an interview with Colin, uh, interviews with Sammy and Petri from Ensiferum, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool.
1: And while you're there, subscribe to our yeah, YouTube Yeah, subscribe channel.
0: to youtube.com slash Records so Hell you stay yeah. up to date with all of our new stuff. But, uh, you know, let's stop rambling. Let's throw it on.
2: Roll it! Hey, it's Don Jameson. I am here with... Colin from Twitching Tongues, voice, vocalist extraordinaire, Hello. and hat wearer extraordinaire. We all have crazy hats, and of course, a great hat. And John Bush. Shink. Hi. And I would say, you know, it's one of these those moments where you want to go. I'm here with the old school and the new school, but after watching Armored Saint, uh, dude, I, I don't know how you do it, man. I mean, how do you keep that voice just well oiled and pumping like you do, man?
3: Well, normally I wouldn't be drinking that much, but since we were only doing the one show, I figure I got nothing to do tomorrow. But you were sorry. But I try to take pretty good care of myself these days. I didn't always. Right. But now I do. When was that? When you didn't take care of yourself? 20s, 30s. Probably once I started hitting 40, I started taking back. All right. Well, but this is, this
2: is good because... You know, this is um, this is Collins' first festival with uh, Twitching Tongues, who are a new member. Congratulations, man! Way new to member go. of the Metal Blade family. And, awesome. Um, I guess it, I think it would be pretty awesome if you would uh, impart some wisdom on him. Drop some John Bush knowledge on his Hit ass. Give him You know, it's a festival. Give him some a, wisdom. It's not a normal concert atmosphere.
3: Well, I mean, I, from what I heard, you guys had a. Did you play last night? You had a local show. Right, I heard it was pretty crazy. So obviously, you have a good, strong fan base here in France, and you know, the, I think the the key to a festival is you just have a great time and make sure that you, you cater to a large crowd because it's a big crowd sometimes. Sometimes you get kind of consumed with those with who you're playing to. Then, but there's a big crowd, and you just kind of work with all of them, and do it. you obviously are. Uh, you have a lot of energy, so from what I gather, so Kinda. keep doing your thing, man.
4: I'm just, I'm getting fatter, you know, I I don't want to move around as much. You
3: don't want to move around too uh. much?
2: You were moving around. You're, you're, I was pretty mobile You're today. more of a, you're, you're a pacer. I'm and a you're, pacer. you're a climber and a jumper and, you know, wi- I was cool. with your wife in the crowd. What are you climbing? Strictly platonic, and you were, we were worried <laughs> about you.
3: Well, you know, I, I jumped down in the crowd because I, like oh. I said, it was our one show's so I knew I could kind of give throw give everything out and I jumped into the crowd to kind of well, jumped oh, no. to the crowd and I, fe- I didn't have the most graceful of jumps. I think I that kind happens. of fell a little bit. The Russian but judge I, gave it a, an eight. Right, but I didn't break my leg like Dave Grohl so that's what I was thinking hey, is hey, like, don't go. break your leg because then that would suck.
2: But also, John, I mean, you know, one of the things with you, man, besides obviously, you know, keeping in fine vocal form at all times, you also, um, you know, your stage presence, it's like you, you, you really command um, a reaction from the audience rather than demand it. So if you could also give him some uh, talk to him, maybe a little bit about that as well
3: well you know i just think that you number one is just play from your heart obviously that's that's all i ever did you gotta mean it yeah you, you just know? gotta mean it i think that if, as long as you go out there and you're sincere about what you do the people will feel that yeah um and i think that's you know that's the only thing i've ever done even when i di- wasn't in good vocal form and there's been many of those shows sadly enough Same. the reality is is that that's I, a lie no no that's true it's true but, especially I mean, here.
4: I don't know. Something about flying here just kills me.
3: You know, because being a singer, you know, you're the front man, but it's not always the funnest thing because you can't. Fucking stressful, man. You gotta, you gotta. You're always thinking about your voice, and you know, I know it sounds like. Narcissist vocalist But the truth is Is that you do have to Kind of take care of, Better care of yourself than 100% Guitarist Can't basically. eat ice cream You know oh. Are you lactose intolerant No that it's might just be a problem on Something, something a
4: problem. with dairy Just fucks with me And I just I lose my notes
3: and stuff. Yeah, yeah So, so you, you know Whatever it might be I mean acid reflux Is actually an issue For singers And uh, you know So you just got to take care of yourself, we've talked about that, but as long as you sing from the heart, even if the pitch is off, or, you know, I apparently Joey told me in the first song I was uh, a little bit behind the beat for the first couple of lines, and I didn't even know, I guess I was having fun, but you know, whatever, again, again it's, I think the key is to just be sincere, sing from the heart, and then people will feel that.
4: What's your warm-up like?
3: Um, well, I, I I do a warm-up. I took lessons from this guy who taught a lot of various people, everybody from, like, Max Calaveras to Jonathan Davis to, I think he taught, like, Miley Cyrus, even. So, like, he's a pretty big-name guy. His name's Ron Anderson. Real expensive, so I stopped taking lessons because it was, like, 250 bucks a pop. And that That's was way brutal. out of my price range.
2: But he, That's he, what they got paid to do this festival. Exactly.
3: <laughs> but, um you know you just it was kind of like a warm-up in the morning yeah. so i do a little warm-up like maybe a 20-minute warm-up wow. equivalent to like stretching like a like you do a it right runner. before
4: you play it too no, or no? No. oh well, wow
3: yes i do oh I, I you do. better because you told
2: me you couldn't talk to me oh, no. anymore backstage because you had to go warm up That's true. I oh, but now i know you were just
3: blowing no, me off no, 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 i do i sing about three or four of the first songs of the record uh oh, the real. show i sing like the first three or four songs and then i go on so wow. i did about 15 20 minutes before and also i found
2: out from his wife that um, I asked her, I said, does John sing around the house? And she said, no, he just talks all day, just all day long talking, That's talking. What, well, uh, I'm
3: usually kind of yelling at my kids, and shit really annoys her because my kids are actually pretty good, but I just have a barking kind of cadence. Hey, get do that, or blah, blah, you know, we'll clean your room. I don't really mean it to be mean, but I just have the barking. She said, you even yell at people at the window and stuff. I, I mellow nice. it out. I mellow it out. About what? Bit. What's out. going on in your neighborhood? Newspapers. I'm too small. Like I mean, <laughs> if I do that in my neighborhood, I'll probably get my ass. You kicked. got that
4: hat on though. Well,
3: They'll kill you. Young punks like him in the neighborhood probably <laughs> I, bumming you out, right? I, I live close to the hood, so I mean, where do you Vons live? by my. Where Vons, do you live? I live in Mid Wilshire, but like by Pico.
2: Okay. So like the bonds. I live in Van Nuys.
3: Okay, so you live in the hood. The <laughs> I bar, do. The more like the barrio, but where I live, the bonds by my store, uh, I and mean, the the store by my. My house got looted in the riots. Oh, wow. So oh, that's, shit. Which I guess is Which cool. riots? The, the, the Brian and King the new, riots. Oh, shit.
4: The OG riots.
3: He was four, but... Right.
2: I was... You, so, <laughs> are, yeah. in, in the time of uh, being with uh, Twitching Tongues, have you had uh, uh, any, uh, you know, I know you're... Vocals. Have I been looted? No, have you... Yes. Have you been looted? You're in the music business. Of course you've been looted. <laughs> um, have you had problems with your voice? Because I think you've Absolutely. Kind of, yeah? Oh,
4: Every time we... Uh, Tour internationally, something about flying just fucks me up immediately, and like two or three shows in, I'll lose my voice for like a week,
2: really and it what do sucks,
4: you do? dude. I, like
2: right, like. Cause he sings clean. I mean, yeah. they're kind of a hardcore right. band, John, I, I heard, but he yeah. sings. Cl- he sings clean.
4: Now I have this thing called like Jello Revoice or something, which kind of helps a little bit. Okay,
3: yeah, yeah. I've heard but uh,
4: that. sometimes I can't do shit. Have
3: like, you had to cancel shows? No, I just kind of power
4: through. Yeah.
3: Do that.
2: Yeah, yeah. his brother also they trade off a little bit yeah, sometimes he does some some bogals, stuff. but um he's also on massive
3: amounts of steroids. So Well cortisone actually I've been used known to use it, it's actually a uh, anti inflammatory. But you just kinda have to be mellow with it. You can't overuse it. And they're actually you're supposed to, if you use it, which I have. Yeah. You're really not supposed to sing right after that. So if you're on tour, yeah,
2: you can't, you can't take it like a rod. What know. do
4: I do? You got to you know? chill
3: out. Yeah, but um, you'll have, you know, no. Spur, what do you do when your voice
4: stuff? is like gone and
3: you have yeah, to do? I have had tours like I did an Anthrax from tour from the heart time. Well, I did an Anthrax tour where I lost my voice like the third show in. We were doing like a three week run. It was miserable. It was miserable. Like, was, it's because
4: it's out of your control, and it's just yeah. so fucking frustrating. I mean, frustrating. I'd go to
3: warm up, and it would be like, okay, let's see what I got in there. Yeah. You, ah,
1: yeah, ah, yeah ah, exactly. And I was
3: like, and I mean, it's like you're going to be like running a marathon with a pulled leg muscle. Yeah, exactly. You can't do it. You can't do it. So and it's, it's fucking it's,
4: anthrax, where people are psyched, and it's... I mean,
3: uh, I was unhappy. I yeah. it was a real... I mean, that tour, after that tour was done, I, I'm not... I, I'm kind of not exaggerating. I was almost like I'm done. Yeah. I mean, luckily those guys are understanding. So, well, I mean they felt bad for me, but the the crowd, you know, you could I just kept telling the sound man, "Bring me down yeah. in the mix." And he's like, "You're the singer. You got to yeah. can't bring it down." I'm like, "Bring it down, man." Yeah. So then people are listening going, like, "Does he sound like shit or is it right. just or is it just, really just too wrong? low?" Yeah.
4: You got to trick him. That's but, good. But
2: John, I, I liked what you said earlier, man. It's just, uh, if if you show the fans that you're giving it your all and that you're g- coming from your heart, maybe it's not your best day on the vocals that day. Who the fans cares, are going to cut you know? your break and they're going to, you know, they're going to let you slide. Well,
3: apparently they have a very strong fan base who goes crazy for him, so i nice. use the slide-a-hand trick Yeah. version, but I'm sure yeah. you'll be fine. You sound good right now. Hey, thanks. Yeah. And you're yeah. in Europe. I got yeah. two weeks left. Wear the no. mask. The Japanese, and they got it. They they're figured smart. it out. Yeah. They wear the mask. No, they're very you know. smart. And, and they're take killing the plane it. plane and it never fails. The person behind you is like, Ugh. yeah, it's true. Like, oh, come on. Yeah. Man. Yeah.
2: And, um, t- and take care of yourself. I'm gonna, in fact, we gotta wrap this up because no. I gotta get back to the hotel and take okay. care of myself. So, um, that's it.
0: <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with Colin Young, John Bush, and Don Jameson. Did you enjoy that, Ryan?
1: Yeah, it's a, thank um, you
0: for fixing all the audio on that, by the way.
1: Yeah, it was, um, it was a little bit tough because it was outside and noisy. It and was, yeah. I tried yeah. to do some things to so that this is for everyone that. that
0: doesn't know, this is how it works at Metal Blade. Uh, we shoot live footage. Ryan's generally there to capture audio because he's an audio fucking wizard. And then he fixes it and makes it listenable. Whereas I try. I would half ass fix it and make it kind of okay.
1: <laughs> I think overall the audio turned out pretty decent yeah. for that. For not being able to capture like true live audio Look, for the band. As
0: much as we're like a label and a professional company, a lot of this stuff we're doing pretty DIY. It's sure. pretty fly by the seat of our pants. Yeah. Shooting this stuff raw, trying to capturing capture cool. Yeah. We're not We're not always able to capture board feeds for Mm -hmm. a myriad of different reasons. So, you know, we're using kind of recorders in kind of a weird DIY way. Yeah. Um, But it still sounds pretty good. You're still capturing what it's like to be there.
1: Yeah. I think you're more getting it for the vibe and the visuals. And you're not really, you know, looking for that stuff for like an audio experience. Yeah. We're
0: not shooting anything for some sort of physical release or official kind of monetized content. We just want, we want to capture as much as we can so fans can see it. Yeah. And that's really what we're trying to do.
1: Yep. And then, you know, get people to subscribe to YouTube, right? Yeah. Um, Deadpool, have you seen it yet? Uh, my friends sent me about 30 text messages today trying to get me to go tonight. So I'm committed now to seeing it this okay. evening.
0: And what what were your aversions to Man, seeing it? Man, you
1: know what? Like, I'm a big hater on a lot of movies these days. And, you know, I'm just a curmudgeon, I guess. Uh, the The whole superhero movies, to me, seem like just like a cash grab off of name recognition, like, right. uh, what, what, what do people remember from the eighties and nineties? Oh, oh, uh, Ninja Turtles, Oh, uh, whatever. Oh, uh, this, that Superman, Spider-Man. Well, I
0: don't know if I would group in the Marvel universe with the
1: Ninja Turtles. Reboots, it's all the but, same to me, but well, it's, it just
0: seems, I think you saying that is like someone saying all death metal bands sound the same. It's well, just, sure.
1: I, I fully admit that I'm just being an asshole on this topic. Right. <laughs> And just kind of like Star Wars, I was like, oh, fuck the new Star Wars. But then I watched it and it was great. It's great. Yeah. So, you know, I can have my mind switched and I'm right. not a complete asshole about it. Well, but De-
0: Deadpool, I, it's important for multiple reasons. It's important because it's a cool character. Mm. And number two, it was the highest grossing R-rated film first weekend all time.
1: Now, why is that important?
0: Uh, because there aren't many R-rated films that get released at all anymore because they flop. Uh, Dread flopped and Mm. that was an R-rated sci-fi film that was was incredible but theatrically it flopped for some reason R-rated sci-fi films and films like this traditionally don't do well so they have to get the
1: younger market to whatever right things
0: that traditionally don't do well studios are really hesitant to fund Deadpool Mm -hmm. almost didn't get made Ryan Reynolds had to twist a lot of arms to get it made Mm. and now those studios hopefully will be less uh, resistant to
1: these types of films so weird that I mean, I think there'd be plenty of adults now that grew up, yeah, you know, with this kind of stuff that would love to go see a more adult right. oriented superhero or whatever. a lot of people of are just
0: bringing their kids to movies these yeah, days, so yeah. you know they're bringing it kids can go see stuff like Thor or well, it's Captain like Star America. Wars that's yeah. I mean kids
1: kids are a can huge totally see that. that that's so big,
0: and there's been a bunch of articles about people bringing kids to see Deadpool. It is not a movie for kids mm. at all. The opening credits, they, instead of it saying who the uh, actors are, it says uh, starring a British villain. Um, There's something like some douche. Instead of saying the names, it it says, you know, like um, Moody Teen, (laughs) uh, written by the real uh, heroes here, the writers or something like that. Like even the credits start off completely not for kids, Mm -hmm. nothing kids would understand or get. Mm -hmm. Um, I read online that somebody saw within the first 30 minutes, kids being you know yanked out of the theater by their parents it's definitely not I mean it for 15 16 and older it's probably fine sure any younger than that and there's going to be a lot of explaining you're going to have to do but
1: I mean I think there should be stuff that's adult oriented like Grand Theft Auto it's a perfect example it's not a video game for kids no no not at all I love it I mean I want to have a video game that's themed for adults you know yeah yeah. it should be stuff like that out there yeah absolutely everything has to be okay for kids
0: no, and there's a reason. There's a reason it's rated R, and it's probably close to, you know, NC-17 at some times. Sure. E- even though no movies really ever get that, but yeah. it's it's riding that line. Cool. And that's why I like it. Well, now it. I'm it, more
1: excited to see it.
0: Yeah. It's it's a really look it, at its core. It's a superhero trope movie. It's nothing special, but the jokes are great. Uh, Deadpool's character is completely hyperbolic and over the top and fourth wall breaking. Yeah. It, for fans of the character, it should be no surprise, but it's just really done. It's done really well. Plus, Ed Screen, uh, Scrine, however you say his name, mm. is the main villain. Mm. And he was in Northmen, a Viking saga with oh. Johan Hegg.
1: There you go. Connect the dots, baby.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Johan Hegg is probably six degrees to Kevin
1: Bacon now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's great. You could probably figure that out. Yeah, I'm not well, going to, though. I mean, this one, I don't feel like Deadpool. Like, I was bitching about the name recognition thing and people sure. just making movies off that. To me, that's. I'm not even familiar with him, so it doesn't seem like. Yeah. Just off the bat, it doesn't seem like one of those name recognition cash ins. So,
0: yeah, I mean, hopefully it'll be good. It's a character that's gotten more popular over the last couple years. Um, And five years ago, this movie definitely wouldn't have gotten made.
1: But it's not like, let's reboot Spider Man again.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. That's. Everything's part of this whole new Marvel phase, whatever universe. Yeah. So everything should be unified moving forward, and it's not just kind of random. Um, and they're yeah. tying a
1: bunch of stuff together. I'm right. I'm really unfamiliar. That, that's but. the
0: interesting thing with the Marvel films is they they really are working to tie them all together. That's and cool. there's Easter eggs in all the films that point to the other films.
1: I can appreciate like a fully realized universe yeah. where everything ties together, and that's that's respectable.
0: Yeah, that's something I actually kind of enjoy as a fan. Yeah. Um, it's you don't have to know about it to like the movies, but for people that like to dig deeper, which I think a lot of metal fans do. Um, it's rewarding. It's a rewarding watch. And if you go and rewatch older ones, like there's, there's nods to Thor, uh, multiple in like guardians of the galaxy. Um, so they all, they all do tie together and there's tons of web articles that really dive into, uh, the who's, what's and where's of why things matter and what they're leading to as well. Cool. So enjoy that movie tonight.
1: I'll, I'll let you know. How about some science news? Let's do this science news.
2: Science news of the week. Science, science, science.
0: Gravitational waves have been directly
1: observed. Einstein proved right once again 100 years after his uh, revelations about relativity and physics and the nature of reality. He, I- Einstein actually thought there
0: was going to be no way they'll ever be proven. Yep. But now... We have instruments, precise enough, and this is specifically the LIGO facility, which is the Laser Interferometer Gravitational Wave Observatory, which is actually two facilities, one in Washington and one in Louisiana. And what they specifically measured was a wiggle that measured a thousandth of a diameter of a proton of two black holes merging over a billion years ago. <laughs>
1: Get that, wrap that around your mind for a while. That's insane.
0: So those those black holes collided yep. well before the dinosaurs even happened. Mm. Well before the dinosaurs were even a thing. Yep. And that's how long those waves have been traveling here.
1: And insane. It's It's crazy. I mean, Einstein predicted black holes with the math, and that was another one. There's so many of his predictions of his theory that he thought would never be able to be proven experimentally. Right. And now we're getting to the point with technology where we can actually do uh, experiments that show that he was right. And it's crazy. I mean, Einstein, you know, he's like a, he's a scientist that kind of everyone has heard of, but I think that's good because I don't think it can be understated how important his uh, theories were to our understanding of the nature of reality. And without, relativity and what that brings to us, GPS wouldn't work. I mean, yeah. we, we have to adjust for these things. And I think it, I think it's worthwhile just Yeah, to scu- GPS
0: satellites adjust for the difference of to- passage of time. <laughs> exactly. Based on the- passage
1: of time being different the further away from a gravity source you yeah. are. Yeah. So, I mean, it, he was a fucking genius. It can't be overstated how crazy smart this guy was. Um, and I don't know about you, but in school- I never really learned about relativity or anything like that. Now, granted, I didn't go to college or get into anything crazy, but, uh, that was never something that was brought up. And I think that, um, I think that it kind of should be in a, in a kind of a basic way because it's so interesting and mind expanding and I don't know, it's, it's so contrary to our everyday experience of reality that it seems it's really far out. Like, um. Like, I'll give you a couple quick examples, um, like special relativity. Okay, let's say that I'm in a train going 60 miles an hour, and you're on the train platform watching me in the train. Now, I'm, I'm in there, and the train isn't accelerating or decelerating. Just that has to be in there, too. Um, and I'm, I have a ball, right? And I'm just tossing the ball straight up and catching it in my hand. Now, let's imagine, like, a little line behind the ball. So the line that I would see after tossing that ball up and down while riding on the train would just be straight up and straight down back to my hand, right? But for you standing on the platform Mm -hmm. watching me, the line behind that ball would be an arc because not only is it going straight down or straight up and straight down, but it's also going forward. So now which one of us is right? Which Which one of our lines is right? They're both right. They're both right. Exactly. Yeah. It depends. That's where the, the term relativity yep. comes from is because it's relative to your The position. observer. Yeah. Exactly. So, And it gets really weird when you start going into like the speed of light and stuff like that because the speed of light is a constant. Yeah. So even if I'm traveling at 99% of the speed of light and I turn on a flashlight and I measure that speed of light, I'm still going to get the same speed of light as if I was standing still. I mean, this kind of stuff is just when you first hear about it, it kind of breaks your brain because you're like, "How is that possible?" Most things are additive. If I'm going 100 miles an hour and I shoot a rifle, that bullet's going to go however fast that bullet would go normally plus 100 miles an hour. Right. Light doesn't work like that. It's it's really odd. And you and when you first start, it's like a Mythbusters
0: when they shot that ball out of the back of that truck and it just dropped straight down because they shot the ball out exactly of the back the of the truck speed. at the speed the truck was moving. Yeah. And it just drops straight down.
1: I not, think I think that was the experiment. I that's could be not wrong. how light works, though. Right, yeah. And then you get into all of the time dilation and physical contraction and dilation. Like, um, you know, if you were to go... Even even basic things, like we talked about the GPS satellites, but if you were to go, you know, orbit a black hole for a, a little while, time for you would slow down right. in comparison for time for now me. No, we've seen Interstellar, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just... <laughs> it's insane because it's like... How, you know, the fact that time and space are inseparable here and they're literally one thing and you can't traverse one without traversing the other. Yeah. It's the fact that he was able to come up with this stuff through math and the fact that now a hundred years later, you know, he's being proven right. And, and this is no surprise to me that he was proven right because, yeah. you know. So far. It's been all of his predictions with relativity have been right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's crazy. It's amazing. It's, it's pretty cool. Well, we'll see what kind of
0: implications it'll have.
1: And I don't think any, but maybe. Well, it, it's it's another, and I'm reading
0: here on a BBC site, that uh, gravitational waves will join the myriad uh, of types of light, plus some particles like neutrinos that scientists already use to probe the far reaches of the universe. So it's yet another thing scientists will be able to m- look for. So do gravitational
1: waves travel at the speed of light, or are they not connected to that? I, I, that That's part, a good question. I'm what what not sure. I don't know.
0: I'm not sure. I don't know. I assume they do. I'm I'm scrolling through this article. and I I, I would imagine that would be the case, um, but I can't say for certain.
1: Um, I would be surprised if that wasn't the case. Well, because the bending of space-time, I don't know if that is linked to the speed of light because hmm, that's a good one. We'll have to look that up.
0: Yeah, I'm not seeing it call that. um, But yeah, gravitational waves are concentric ripples that squeeze and stretch the fabric of space-time. They are caused by the movement of mass but most are so weak, so weak they have no measurable effect. And that's why these are measurable, because it was two black holes colliding. Probably Otherwise they wouldn't be, because m- gravitational, gravitational force
1: is the weakest force in the universe. Yeah, it's very weak compared to the other forces. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you talk about these black holes, they sometimes have millions or billions of times the mass of our sun. Yeah. So, I mean, the amount of gravity that we're talking about with two black holes colliding is fucking insane.
0: Yeah, Uh, The the cool thing is the LIGO labs, they they have an uh, L-shaped configuration with these, uh, it's at a right angle, these two tubes that shoot lasers. And I think they're like four kilometers long each. They're so long that they have to actually extend the length of the end of it. To keep them straight to compensate for the curvature of the earth. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Which proves that B.O.B. rapper on Twitter wrong right away, (laughs) that the earth is flat, you goddamn idiot. Oh, God, don't even get
1: me started (laughs) on that.
0: I know. But anyway, I, I think that'll probably do it for the Metal Blade podcast this week. As always, if you have any questions for us, we should probably take questions, but we keep calling for them on Twitter and we haven't seen too many responses yet. I don't know if that's because nobody has questions or our listeners just don't give a shit. We know, we know there's listeners on this. <laughs> we we know we see the data. Um, but you can find us on Twitter, at Metal Blade. I'm at Metal Vinny. Ryan is at Augmented Ryan. Yep. And uh, subscribe on YouTube at Metal Blade Records. And uh, same thing on Facebook, Metal Blade Records.
1: Subscribe, like, share, explode. Yeah,
0: enjoy. We'll catch you next time with a new band interview to be announced. Thanks for listening. Hail Science. Oh, uh-huh.